Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Today's episode of the Nick Pop Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, you need energy efficiency when hosting a podcast, especially when you're turning on the mic at 10 o'clock at night after putting the kids to bed. But you also need energy efficiency when you want the most out of your windows and doors. And if you look at Pella's website right now, you read and you look and you see one, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella that won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. It's big time right there. For more information on how Pella can make your home more comfortable and energy efficient, check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Pop Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. You know, I was on a, I was on a, a family vacay about six days in Florida with the wife and the kids and another family. And you know, after six days away in another state that isn't Runza land, I just miss the greatness that is Runza. Like I just start thinking about and uh, wanting to get back to Runza. And you know, when I'm when I'm away from home for a bit, when I get back, I always want to hit up Runza. And I asked my daughter where she wanted to go eat when we got back. She said Runza, and I've just I've never been more proud of her in my life. I think it's I think it's the pinnacle moment for me as a father at at this point. But Runza's delicious, man. It's that little piece of home that I just love, man. If you're a Nebraskan, you feel me. I'm a cheese runs a guy through and through. I think their fries are the best in the world. It's just a great place. So go check them out. Runza makes it all better. Okay, so welcome back into the pod. Uh, if you haven't listened to the last few pods, man, you are step your podcast game up, man. Kenny Bell was on my podcast last week. He was outstanding. Make sure you go listen to that. It's on my podcast feed. And my buddy Willie who I was on vacation with in Florida, he made his debut on the podcast. And so far, he's received excellent reviews from just about everybody on my email, on Facebook, on Twitter, which doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, Willie's the best, man. We drank Coors Lights and talked Husker football for two hours. It was a great conversation, so make sure you go check that out as well. On the pod today, we're switching gears and we're talking Creighton basketball today because finally... After, gosh, almost like four years, Creighton finally got handed their sanctions and punishments stemming from the FBI probe into college basketball that took place all the way back in 2017 that Creighton got caught up in. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing to think that this cloud has kind of been hanging over the program for three to four years. Just goes to show you how ridiculous and slow the NCAA and the Committee of Infractions can be on certain things. Uh, but again, of course, all, all this stems from NCAA violations committed by Creighton and former assistant coach Preston Murphy based on his relationship with a with a up-and-coming aspiring agent named Christian Dawkins, as well as the NCAA investigation into kind of that violation. So there's kind of a million things to unpack with this whole situation. And I just, I think there's a lot of people that they speak on this, they, they, they drop opinions on this, but I just don't know if they know the full story. I just think there's been, there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of assumptions, there's a lot of unfair accusations with this, this, this entire situation, this entire story. 
So many people, and listen, I'm not going to th- throw stones here. I'm, I'm guilty of it for other things. I mean, we all are, right? We all don't have time every single day to like deep dive every single thing that's happening in the world. But so many, so many people see the surface level headline of something and just render a verdict or an opinion on that. And, or on someone or something without really fact-finding or gathering any further information on it. So I guess for me on this pod, I'm just going to try and lay it all out there for you. I'm going to try my best to deliver all the information regarding all of this stuff with Creighton and Preston Murphy and Greg McDermott and really everyone involved that has led us to this point where Creighton got handed down some sanctions. But, you know, and then when at the end of this pod, when the dust settles, you can kind of do with it what you want and, and view all of this how, how you want. Um so again, let, let's just let, let's start with let's let's lay all this out. So these violations, and then the punishments, stem from basically two events. You have Preston Murphy's meeting in a Las Vegas hotel room with Christian Dawkins, who's an aspiring sports agent, and an undercover FBI agent who was uh, pretending to be an investor, potentially in Christian Dawkins starting his own agency. And in this meeting, Preston Murphy, again, at the time, creating assistant coach, took $6,000 from this undercover agent. Okay, that's the Cliff Notes version of it, and we'll get deep into it. But all all of this got thoroughly investigated, and I'm going to lay it all out in a second. So that's kind of the one, the first event. And then there is also the kind of the claim from former five-star recruit Brian Bowen, uh, Brian Bowen's dad, that Preston Murphy and Creighton, when they were recruiting him, offered Brian Bowen's dad $100,000 to come to Creighton. This got investigated as well, and I'll lay all of that out in a bit. But the big one, I think, the, the big one was the Las Vegas Hotel incident because it was it was pretend, it was it was. That was a potential federal offense, right? The An FBI agent was in the hotel room, right? Now, Preston Murphy wasn't the only coach that went into that room and got caught up in this. Been a lot of coaches. I mean, coaches from Arizona, o- Oklahoma State, uh, USC, Auburn, all had coaches go in there, and all those coaches all got arrested for this. Preston Murphy did not, okay? But those are the two big events, and because of that, the entire Creighton program got thoroughly investigated by the NCAA. And, you know, when you when when you get that spotlight and microscope put on you, if there's any dirt or skeletons in the closet with your program, it's gonna be found. And so I'm gonna lay I'm gonna lay out what I what I know about all these incidents in, in a little bit, but I think it's it's worth just first kind of going over the sanctions because after those two incidents and kind of a, a deep investigation in Creighton's program, the NCAA handed out the following punishments for Creighton. So here they are. Two years probation, a $5,000 fine plus 1% of the men's basketball program budget, a reduction of men's basketball scholarships by one per year for the 2021-22 and 2022-23 academic years, self-imposed by Creighton, by the way a reduction of men's basketball official visits by six during the next two years, a rolling two-year period, self-imposed by Creighton, a reduction in the number of men's basketball recruiting person days by 10% from the previous four-year average for the two-year probationary period, which again, reading from this document here, self-imposed by the university, uh, and then a a two-year show cause for 
Preston Murphy. And during that period, made knows that a show causes any NCAA member school employing him must restrict him from any athletic-related duties unless show cause uh, why the restrictions should not apply. But, you know, basically, if you had slapped with a show cause, you ain't getting hired. Okay? That's but, – but there you go. That's it. I, th- th- those are the punishments. And if we're being real for a second, I think all things considered – Fast forward when all this stuff was breaking and think about what could have been if if this would have got investigated and, and turned out to be not good at all. All things considered, I think things actually shook out pretty good for Creighton in terms of the punishments and the sanctions. Mainly because the big one to avoid the only the, there were a lot of things I was concerned about for Creighton in how all this would shake out. The big one was avoiding a postseason ban. That's the devastating one to a to a college basketball program. That's always the big one. Everything else you can kind of survive, right? And and not not saying it's not a big deal for other things to be other sanctions to to come down to your program, but the big one is that you you want to avoid a postseason ban. That was avoided, which was huge. I, I kind of view the rest of these sanctions and punishments to me as as what kind of amounts to a slap on the wrist to Creighton, right? Which I think is an, an indication into what the NCA and fraction committees found when they investigated these incidents and the program, which was kind of not much. Kind of not much. With with the punishments, so that Johnny Atawa uh of the Omaha World Herald, go read John's stuff. He's Creighton's beat writer. He's the best. But he kind of laid out some of the stuff with with that I'll, I'll, I'll share with you. But he, the, the scholarship reduction in terms of the sanctions, that can hurt, right? Like that you're, you're, you're down, you only have 13 scholarships, you, you, you lose a scholarship, like that can hurt. But as John Niatawa pointed out, and I think that's something that maybe a lot of, a lot of people don't realize, uh, the last time, Creighton used all 13 scholarships in one season was the 2016-2017 season. So it's not like it's every year you're on 13 scholarships. So so there's, I mean, not saying it doesn't hurt, but there's that. The, the loss of six official visits certainly hurts and impacts recruiting because certainly you got to get people on campus to, to experience Omaha, Nebraska, see the arena, see the beautiful practice facility, all that stuff. But... You know, Creighton is a young team where eight scholarship players currently on the roster have four years of eligibility left. So I don't think there's going to be, it's not like, you know, this year they had to go out and recruit and sign a huge class. If you maintain some continuity, you you don't anticipate having to have some enormous class where you're having to bring in a bunch of people. And then, you know, the whole 1%, uh, you know, you have a $5,000 fine and then 1% of the men's basketball program budget. You know, that's not a huge number, but, you know, coming out of a pandemic where every athletic department saw massive revenue loss, I suppose that one stings a little bit. But again, not brutal. You know, And then the pr- probation thing is simply a deal where the next two years, any further violations would see much harsher penalties. We all know what kind of probation, probation kind of looks like. So all in all, nothing too crippling for Creighton basketball. Basically, kind of a slap on the wrist. And again, the big takeaway, the big takeaway is that Creighton avoided a postseason ban. 
So those are the the sanctions and punishments handed down by the NCAA infractions committee. But I think in 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 kind of letting letting all that be digested and 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 kind of putting this story behind you, for lack of a better term, I, I kind of want to let's revisit some of the incidents themselves because again, I think there's a lot of things to consider when assessing and digesting and rendering an opinion on this entire thing. Let's start with a couple of things with Preston Murphy, the the former assistant coach that was swept up at the heart of all this stuff. A couple of things with Preston Murphy, who I still believe to be is a great guy who just made some mistakes. But with a couple of things with Preston Murphy to better understand these incidents. Preston Murphy is from Saginaw, Michigan. The Bowen family, Brian Bowen's family, is from Saginaw, Michigan. Preston Murphy knows the Bowen family extremely well. I think it was, uh, I think it's a Preston's brother. Preston Murphy's brother was a cop with Brian Bowen's dad. Like they know each other. Bottom line, there's a relationship there. Christian Dawkins, who's at the, at the heart of this entire FBI, FBI probe. Christian Dawkins and his family is, they're also from Saginaw, Michigan. Preston Murphy has known Christian Dawkins since Christian Dawkins was a little kid. Christian Dawkins' dad is reportedly a pretty well-known basketball coach in the Saginaw area, and Preston Murphy knows Christian Dawkins' dad pretty well because obviously hoops, Saginaw, all that stuff. So there is there is history and a pretty lengthy relationship with Preston Murphy and Christian Dawkins and Preston Murphy and the Bowen family. Okay, I think that's important to kind of keep in mind when assessing these these incidents, not excusing anything. But I think it's important to note to understand the kind of the scope of of how these situations come to be and and all that. I think it's important to note that, you know, for for example, Preston Murphy has known Christian Dawkins for basically Christian Dawkins entire life. It's not like they just met each other and had no prior relationship at all. Which is a good place to to start with unpacking the Las Vegas Hotel FBI incident. So, in in unpacking this, you, you need to understand that the FBI had everything on tape. Okay, they they had everything on tape, videoing. They had tapped the Christian Dawkins' phone. They had phone records for for Preston Murphy. They they had everything. Okay. And again, Preston Murphy goes into this hotel room just like assistant coaches from USC, Auburn, Oklahoma State all, all, all did as well. And those guys got arrested and Preston Murphy didn't. But he, here's what you understand about this situation. So Christian Dawkins is, is going to start his own agency. He's an aspiring agent, okay? And Christian Dawkins has what he believes is an investor into his agency in his hotel room in Las Vegas. Well, it turns out that this investor and these people are, you know, it's an FBI informant and an undercover FBI agent. This investor, the undercover FBI agent, is giving money to coaches who come into the room and kind of say that, vouch for Christian Dawkins, maybe say they can deliver a player or two to Christian Dawkins' agency and kind of establish that Christian Dawkins is established in the college basketball world. 
that that hey man, I know Christian Dawkins. He he's the real deal. All that kind of thing, right? So Christian Dawkins calls Preston Murphy. Again, they've known each other for their almost their entire life. They're tight family friends. And he calls him, and I'm paraphrasing here, says, listen, man, I, I, I got no money. I got this investor in my hotel room. I'm trying to start this agency. I got this, this investor who's ready to invest, and he's handing out money. Can you help me out? Can he come to my room? Can he sit down, talk to this guy, say you know me, and he's going to give you $6,000, and then you can just give it, give it to me. You'll you just sit down, take six Gs from him, then you'll give it to me. That's kind of what it, how it was presented to Preston Murphy. Preston, I just go in there, show this investor that, you know, that Christian Dawkins was connected in the college basketball world. And that's what happened. Preston Murphy walks into this hotel room. He vouches for Christian Dawkins. I think Preston Murphy even made up a player that he could go with. Or that, that would go with Christian Dawkins' agency. I think it was like Marcus Phillips or something like that. But it was a fake player. All this is on tape. All of it is recorded on tape that got played in federal court because it's an undercover FBI agent. The undercover FBI agent, who they thought was an investor, hands Preston Murphy $6,000. Preston Murphy leaves the hotel room and proceeds then right away to give it to Christian Dawkins. That is what is on camera. That is what the bank records indicate. That is what Preston Murphy testified to. That is what Christian Dawkins also said happened as well. That there was no proof based on what this investigation showed that there was no proof that Preston Murphy kept that $6,000. Christian Dawkins said Preston Murphy didn't keep the money. And that's it. He wanted to help, Preston Murphy wanted to help out a friend, and listen, he fucked up. He shouldn't have gone in that room. It was poor judgment. There's no denying that. That was a big mistake. But keep in mind, there were numerous other coaches who all went into that room, not saying that that makes it okay, but there were numerous other coaches who all went in that room who were all caught on tape because keep in mind, the FBI had everything on tape. On top of like six weeks of phone calls and text messages, they had bank records, credit card statements, everything with this investigation. And assistant coaches, again, from USC, Auburn, Oklahoma State, Arizona, those assistants were arrested. Not only were they fired, they were arrested. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that – has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent 
at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And so my thing is if you're wondering, like, okay, Preston didn't take the money. If Preston did exactly what they did, these other assistant coaches, why didn't he get arrested? Why is Preston Murphy currently a free man working out? He's actually been working out different aspiring college basketball players, like privately. Why didn't he get arrested? Because he didn't take the money. He gave it right back. And I think that's important to keep in mind with this. Preston Murphy was never arrested like these other coaches were. Again, the mistake Preston Murphy made was walking into that room. He should have known better. He, he should have known better. But in terms of some sinister, greater thing at play for Creighton, I don't think there is much there with this specific incident, and the investigation results kind of indicate that. I mean, Preston Murphy took a lie detector test. He turned over all of his bankrupt, all this stuff. Every, no evidence that he kept the money. And the other thing with keeping the money, I mean, Preston Murphy... There's two other things with this Preston Murphy thing. I mean, Preston Murphy's making a gr- a good salary at Creighton. Like, si- good six-figure salary. He's going to do all this shit for $6,000? You're, ma- you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars? You're going you're gonna to d- take $6,000? What? And the other thing about that period of time to keep in mind. So... If I were to say who are the most squeaky clean college basketball coaches that do it the right way, right? One of the names that would come up is John Beeline, right? He was, in fact, there were some people that he left college basketball coaching, I think because I think some people said he got tired of all the stuff going on with how, you know, the the erosion of of college basketball and all that stuff, right? With, with some of the stuff. Guess who was trying to hire Preston Murphy during that time? John Beeline in Michigan. If Preston Murphy has this reputation that dude is a dirty cheater, da da da, why, why is Michigan trying to hire? So I mean, again, Preston Murphy made a mistake walking into that room. He should have known better. But that's kind of what that that that's what happened. He's known this guy since he was a kid. He says, "Hey, do me a favor. Come in here. Vouch for me. Say say that you know." Come in here, act like, you know, establish that I'm connected, $6,000, hand it to me. That's all I need from you. Made a mistake. But again, I don't think it's some sinister, greater thing here at play. And again, investigation results kind of indicate that. Speaking of the investigation and results of it, there is the other kind of incident at play here with Preston Murphy. And in this case, it's the recruitment of Brian Bowen, who three, four years ago was a, a, a top 30 recruit. He's a McDonald's All-American. And Creighton was in the mix with him. Be, and, and once again, because there's an established relationship with the Bowens and Preston Murphy. And there's even a, plus Christian Dawkins is involved because of the Bowens and the Saginaw thing, right? It's all big one circle. Like it's Saginaw, Michigan, the Bowen family, the Christian Dawkins, Preston Murphy's from there. It's a connection. It's all somewhat intertwined. But Brian Bowen's dad claimed that Preston Murphy, a.k.a. Creighton, 
offered him in the recruitment process $100,000 and a job in Omaha for their son to come play basketball at Creighton. So this was obviously thoroughly investigated because while the the Las Vegas Christian Dawkins thing involved the FBI and was a huge story, like I always kind of viewed this as a equally big basketball story if that makes sense because if this this story if this story gets proven to be true, this is a smoking gun of cheating, right? Like but after a long thorough investigation Again, keep in mind, they got Preston Murphy's phone tapped. They have his phone records, text messages, bank statements, all bank information, credit cards. They got all that. And after all the investigating, there turned out to be no evidence of that. That that, that was investigated and turned out to be somewhat nothing in terms of an alleged $100,000 offer. There's certainly a... a you know what? I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a substantial thing to keep in mind with, with, with like, with all that, and that's that. Like, there, there was no evidence of that. They didn't find any, any concrete smoking gun evidence to that 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 was true. And sticking with this. You know, and I, I, I like Tom Chattel. I really do. I've read his columns for a year. I think he's thought-provoking. I like Tom. I, I consider Tom a friend. But, you know, I read you know, Tom Chattel had a column after all this came out, and, you know, he kind of insinuated, why, why even recruit a kid like that? Why, why, you know it's going to be drama. You know it's going to be murky. When you're, why do it? Well, I mean, Preston Murphy knew the Bowen family extremely well. So what, what are you supposed to do? Like, imagine you're a college basketball assistant coach. You know a family extremely well. They got a five-star big-time player. You could potentially leverage that relationship into landing that player, and you wouldn't pursue it? Come on. So they, they did pursue it. Preston Murphy, Crane, they did pursue him. They recruit him. And Creighton is in their final three schools – and based on the investigation, they found no evidence that Creighton did anything against the rules in the recruitment of, of Brian Boat. And, you know, people like Tom Chattel have kind of insinuated that somehow Brian, you know, Tugs Bowen, Brian Bowen was, was different than other recruits because he's top shelf. When, you get, when you're dealing with guys like that, you're, it's a different ball game. I mean, okay, Brian Bowen's final three schools that he was considering, Arizona, Michigan State, Creighton. Mitch Ballock's final three schools he was considering. Kansas, Indiana, Creighton. I mean, that's pretty much the same level of schools, right? And I want to say, you don't think everyone wanted, like, so Creighton just signed Arthur Kaluma. You don't think everyone wanted Arthur Kaluma? He's a top 50 player. You don't think everyone wanted Arthur Kaluma? Creighton just signed Trey Alexander. You don't think everybody wanted Trey Alexander? Top 70 player. I, I guess I just don't get what Tom Chattel is really getting at with, with that type, with, with that. Like, what, what I guess you're saying once a recruit gets highly touted enough and gets certain types of schools interested, you better just back off? I, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't really get that. Hunter Salas gets Kentucky, North Carolina. All these, you just got to back. Now you're dancing, with the, you're dancing with these big dogs. Now, oh, you better back off. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really get that. 
They thought they could get him. They had an in. They had a relationship. They pursued him. They almost got him. And it was proven with the investigation that at least they can't prove that anything like this $100,000 offer happened. So that's kind of the Brian Bowen thing. The other thing that that with all this that that showed up in stories and then on the HBO documentary on Christian Dawkins called The Scheme with this whole thing was that that Greg McDermott was name dropped by Christian Dawkins on this HBO documentary as someone that he talked with and had a relationship with. To which some people use that as the smoking gun to pen Greg McDermott guilty or something. Like, oh, Christian Dawkins said his name. Okay, here's the thing with that. First of all, Christian Dawkins at the time was working for a guy named Andy Miller. And and Andy Miller had a, a an agency. And they were recruiting and have recruited other Creighton players. But they were recruiting to sign Justin Patton when he decided to turn pro after his redshirt freshman year. So naturally, Greg McDermott, because he's Justin Patton's head coach, was involved in that process in helping Justin Patton choose an agent. He sat in on interviews, provided conversations and guidance or advice when needed to Justin. And Justin Patton eventually signed with Andy Miller's agency, which was Christian Dawkins. And before you go, whoa, 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 little fishy for Andy Miller and Christian Dawkins just pop up out of nowhere. Actually, it wasn't out of nowhere. Think about this. The, the three agents Justin Patton interviewed and was being recruited by before he signed were Mark Bartlestein, Jeff Schwartz, and Andy Miller, who was with Christian Dawkins. The three agents Doug McDermott interviewed with before he signed when he was coming out to be pro. Mark Bartlestein, Jeff Schwartz, and Andy Miller. It's the exact same three agents. So it wasn't unusual for for Christian Dawkins to call Greg McDermott. And to me, it certainly doesn't provide a gotcha thing either. Again, all of Greg McDermott's phone records, text messages, all that stuff, they had it all. They had it all. And if there was kind of a smoking gun, they didn't find it. So there, there is, not to mention as, you know, again, Bowen tied with, with Christian Dawkins. So there's like, it makes sense that there would be some communication on a variety of levels. So there's, there's that thing with all this too. And, you know, as I kind of put a bow on this, let me, let me, let me make it abundantly clear because I've done a poor job probably here in the, I mean, I'm 30 minutes into this thing. Let me make it abundantly clear that I don't think Creighton is so, is like somehow squeaky clean and did nothing wrong. Right? As, a, as an alum, as a former player, like you, it, it, it hurts to see the Creighton name kind of drugged through this stuff. It does. Preston Murphy made a mistake. He should have never gone in that room, into that hotel room in Las Vegas. And even though he returned the money, he didn't keep the money, he still walked into that hotel room, and for a moment, he took $6,000 from an undercover FBI agent. That's not good. Now, I will say this real quick. Do I think it's a little excessive for him to be slapped with a two-year show cause? I, I do. Like, he's been out of the sport for basically three years now. To me, it's kind of like time spent. Like, he's already served his time. He wasn't arrested like a lot of these other assistant coaches were. That's just me. But that also, I mean, he, he made a mistake. 
Nevertheless, he made a mistake. Because again, I I really I'm I cringed. I cringed when I watched the scheme on HBO, the documentary on about all this and on Christian Dawkins. When it shows the video of Preston Murphy with a Creighton shirt on walking into that Las Vegas hotel suite, you, I just like I, I had to almost like look away. You're like, ah, oh, oh God. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. Everybody that knows my athletic background, you know, as a quarterback in high school. But you know, I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, I believe in establishing the Runza game. That's an original Runza cheeseburger, some onion rings, double dipped in homemade batter, a little bit of a pop to top it off. You know, in football, you establish a run. But at lunch, you establish the Runza. It's just that simple. So get out to Runza today and establish the Runza game or check out the delicious salads. You've got the chicken bacon ranch salad, sweet berry chicken salad, and my personal favorite, the Southwest chicken salad. you got to get out to Runza, establish a Runza game, or get a salad. Either way, you are going to leave satisfied. Runza makes it all better. Last thing on, on Preston Murphy. Again, who I said is, uh, at the top of this, who I still think is a really good guy, just made a mistake. But with but with Preston, with Preston Murphy, there's there is this. I've seen this on Twitter and all this stuff. There's this narrative. There's this narrative out there, like like he's the fall guy for for this or something. Like like he's the sacrificial lamb to the NCAA wolves, while the rest of Creighton basketball and its coaches just just get away and are are doing great. And you know that's just not entirely true. It's just not true. It's not. I shouldn't say it's not entirely true. It's not true. Like, you do realize, like, everyone was on the chopping block here. Everyone. When when the FBI has phone taps and bank records and all that, and then the NCAA Committee of Infractions comes to town, spends years combing through every single little thing with a, within a program, interviewing everyone from Greg McDermott to Bruce Rasmussen, the athletic director, to the video coordinator, to the freaking secretary of the basketball office, Patty Gallus. They interviewed everyone. They went through everything. And if anyone committed a a violation, a penalty, had dirt or skeletons, it was going to be found. And, and at this point, the only person who had some dirt was Preston Murphy in terms of the coaching staff. So I also want to address that. I don't think it's I don't think it's fair or accurate to just paint Preston Murphy as this fall guy for Creighton. That's not the case. That's not the case. But again, let me say, Preston Murphy made a mistake. Made a mistake. And he's paying for it. As far as other mistakes, unfortunately, Bruce Rasmussen did make a mistake early on in all of this. So, in late October of 2018, when you look at, and, and I urge everybody, Johnny Atawa had a great timeline of all this, where you kind of can go through and, and get the timeline of, of a lot of these different events over the last handful of years. But in late October of 2018, Preston Murphy told Greg McDermott about this July 2017 meeting in Las Vegas that he received an envelope with $6,000 cash. And Greg McDermott immediately informed Bruce Rasmussen of what he just learned 
and submitted a ric- written document about that on November. It was it was it was on October thirty first. Preston Murphy told Greg McDermott about everything, and then on November sixth, there's a a written documentation about that as McDermott immediately informed Bruce Rasmussen. The mistake in is that Bruce Rasmussen then conducted kind of his own investigation and talked to Preston Murphy about what he told Greg McDermott and all that, and Bruce Rasmussen did not share any of this with Creighton's compliance department. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Bruce Rasmussen made a mistake to not report what Preston Murphy told him immediately, right? Like you have, like he, he, you have protocols, you have things that you guidelines that you got, that you have to follow when you're in that position. The reality is Bruce Rasmussen believed Preston Murphy, which by the way, everything Preston Murphy told Bruce Rasmussen has turned out to be true just for the record. But nevertheless, there there are codes of conduct, rules, guidelines with things that you have to report. And Bruce Rasmussen just didn't immediately do that. And by the letter of the law and what he was supposed to do, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. But I don't know, man. On the spectrum of transgressions in this world, I find that one to be pretty low in my book. I find that one to be pretty low. But again, made some mistakes. There's no doubt, made some mistakes. So there you go. That's kind of everything. Again, all in all, is this still a bad look for Creighton? Yeah. It's a bad look. Right? You've been been in this FBI college basketball probe. You, You just got some NCAA sanctions handed down on you. Like, certainly not the proudest day of Creighton basketball. But I, I, I will I will say this. I debated even kind of getting into this. But like because I get it, man. Nick Ball loves Nick Ball loves Creighton, Nick Ball Creighton, blah 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 blah. I get it, man. Like I get it. I'll say this. For years now, I'll get tweets. Maybe maybe three, four, five tweets a month. Sometimes more than that, depending on what's happening. But for years, three, four, five tweets a month. Tweeting at me, Creighton pays their players. Creighton is a bunch of cheaters. I'll, I'll tweet something out about an amazing accomplishment. Like, man, Creighton winning the Big East regular season title or Creighton reaching the Sweet 16, and I'll get responses from people like, amazing what paying players will get you. And I guess my thing is, where is the evidence of that? M- maybe y'all know something that that I don't. But where is the evidence of Creighton paying their players? I'm sincerely asking. Like, I, where is that evidence? Where is that concrete, hard-hitting, smoking gun evidence? Because the NCAA just slid Creighton's entire basketball program under an investigative microscope. Phone records, bank statements, text messages, interviewing Everyone with the program, past and present on the staff, everyone from McDermott to the freaking secretary, and they basically came up with no evidence of Creighton paying their players. None. 
And, you know, while I hate to be subscribing to the school of thought that, you know, of all programs are cheating and all programs are guilty of cheating until proof, proven innocent. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I think if the NCAA slid every program under the microscope like they did Creighton's, they'd find some shit. They'd find some shit. And the reality is they didn't find any sort of evidence that Creighton is out there on the recruiting trail just dropping bags of money for recruits. So I just kind of wanted to end addressing that. Because I get it, man. Creighton's involvement with all this has been a bad, 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 bad look. Bad look. Nobody's denying that. But I just, I think everyone has has just completely painted Creighton like they are a dirty program paying all these players and are a bunch of cheaters and the reality is, I think this investigation and the evidence kind of proves, or lack thereof, kind of proves that that isn't really the case. That, that isn't really the case. So there you go. There, there was a ton with this story. I mean, again, it's something that spanned three, four years. So there was a ton to unpack and kind of piece together. And I, I really I wanted to try to lay it all out there for you guys. Certainly not, not, not a proud day for Creighton University, Creighton basketball, not a proud day, right? But all in all, the investigation, I think, actually turned out to be better for Creighton than what people initially thought it was alleged to be or could have ultimately been. And I think that is reflected in the sanctions handed out, which are, which are pretty minor. And the big one is they avoided a postseason ban, which is huge. Huge. Hopefully now Creighton can kind of this the clouds are parting a little bit from what's hovered around over above the program. And Creighton can kind of move forward from all this. Because this has been kind of a cloud hanging over this program for a few years. So there you go. That's that's kind of how I see this Creighton, these sanctions, and kind of how I piece together everything that's happened over the last handful of years. Reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you do. Just click that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the pods when they drop. You can email uh, the, the pod. Email me, nick at nickpod.com. Uh, and we will catch you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.